Welcome to the Burning Hearts Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us this week. So today we're going to continue our series on equipping the saints. And this comes from Ephesians chapter 4, which we'll, we'll read in, in a few minutes. Uh, and, and today I, f- I really feel like this is, is kind of a teach, a teach day, a teaching. There's going to be a bunch of different scriptures that we go through, so get your, your Bibles ready. Um, but first, we're going we're, we're gonna to go over our, our core scripture for this series, and that's from Ephesians 4, starting in verse 11. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of people, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, that is Christ from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part, causing the, body, the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So there's, there's a lot in this passage. And, and last week, we really focused on, on the first couple verses. Uh, I briefly talked about the fivefold ministry uh, listed in verse 11 there. And then really focused on who we are as the saints and how important it is that we understand who we are. And I'd really encourage you to, to go back and listen to it if you haven't heard it yet, because today's message is just going to build on that a little bit more. And my, my main motivation of today, as we, as we build on who we are as the saints, is that we grow in our maturity, a lot of this passage is talking about us growing in maturity and, there, and there's benefits to growing in maturity. And, and one of the benefits is that we're no longer swayed. We're no longer tossed about by false teaching. I could say it this way, that, that maturity brings stability. As you, as you start to walk in maturity in, in, in your walk with Christ, it brings stability, that you're no longer swayed by false teachings or even external circumstances because you have this maturity and this, this, this depth of your relationship with Jesus. It's just like marriage, right? If you're married, you, you mature in your love for one another, and, and that maturity brings a stability. You know, you're no longer swayed or you're no longer worried. Maybe your, your significant other says something that accidentally hurts you or, or does something, but you don't question their love for you because you have this stability, because you have a mature love. Second, as we grow in maturity, it actually benefits the whole body of Christ. And, and it's the example of a family a family is as strong as the maturity of each of its parts, of each of its members. Christ is the head, but we are the body. We are the family. And the, whole, and the body working together as a whole, the joints, 
being fitted and held together, what every joint supplies depends on our maturity. The body working as a whole depends on your maturity. Think about that for a minute. Uh, another way you might say it, and I was thinking about this, is we can, as, as I'm talking about our Burning Hearts family, our Burning Hearts body here, we can only go as far as the maturity of our, all of our members together. Myself as a leader, Pastor Jaina, other, other leaders, you know, we can try to set the bar and we can go after uh, the things of, of God, but we can only you know, do so much. It, it, it depends on all of us coming into maturity in Christ. So to kind of talk a little bit about maturity, I want to focus on one specific thing and it really builds on our identity as saints, and that is the issue of authority. I think that as we grow in our maturity, we need to realize our authority. And the ironic part is, we'll, we'll look at it in a few minutes in Scripture, is you don't even have to be that mature to walk in great authority. So, so your one thing today, if you could walk away from this message and remember it, is that in Christ Jesus, simply, we have been given authority over the enemy. So let's look at some scriptures. This is where we go into teaching mode. First, to kind of set the, the, the foundation of the authority that Jesus was given. So let's go to Colossians 2, 15. And this is in the Amplified. It says, When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, those supernatural forces of evil operating against us, he made a public example of them, exhibiting them as captives in his triumphal procession, having triumphed over them through the cross. So the death, the resurrection, and the ascension, Jesus being seated in heaven, actually disarmed the leaders of spiritual darkness in our world. They have no power. I think we need to realize the ramifications of that. Let's go to Ephesians 1. And I'll start in the, the second half of 19. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. So I want, to, I want you to hang on to that for a second. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So I want to go just on a side note so the, the first part of, of that verse, verse 19, or the first part of that passage, verse 19, talking about that power. If you, if you go forward a little bit in that passage, this is Paul's prayer, in, prayer saying that we might have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. First, that we might know him. Second, that we would know the hope to which we are called. Third, that we would know the glorious riches that we've inherited in him. And finally, that we would know the great power for us who believe. And that power is the same as the mighty strength he had exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. 
That power is ours when we believe. And we're talking about authority today, but it's hard to talk about authority without power. They, they go together. And uh, often in the, in the word, they're translated interchangeably with the word power in English, but in Greek, they're two different words. And we've mentioned this before. There's the exousia, which is the authority, and the dunamis, which is the power, which is the dynamite working, the dynamite power. And they need to work together. And, and we can see this in the word. Jesus in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, starting in verse 18, he, he said, you know, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Now go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and so on. And so the, the implication there is, I have all power and authority on hev in heaven and on earth, which we've read in these passages as well. And, and, and the implication when he, when he sends us, when he goes, is like you have that authority to go with you as well. So that's, that authority was given to those disciples and still continues for us today, which we'll look at in a minute. But they had to receive power as well. And so Jesus go, told them to go, go uh, tarry in the upper room and wait for the Holy Spirit to come because the Holy Spirit was the one that was going to bestow power on them. And so what happened in that moment is, is power came. And you see Peter preaching and many come to know Jesus that day. And the expansion of the church just, just went wild from that day forward. And so the authority was, was necessary and the power was necessary. They work together. And sometimes when we're ministering, when we're, we're praying, when we're, um, when we're facing situations, we can do things purely out of authority or sometimes we do things out of authority and power. Okay, so back to our passage. We see the authority given to Jesus during his, his resurrection and his ascension it is an authority that is greater than any other authority ever known or seen on earth. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we see this statement that Jesus is appointed as the head. And we, the church, are his body. We see that described also in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So focusing in, on verse 20 in this passage, we see that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. And what we need to realize when there was you know, kings or, or, or people like that, the people seated at his right hand were, were seated in a place of authority. The right hand is a place of authority. And we can see how the authority given to Jesus is given to us as well in Ephesians 2, starting in verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up just as Christ was raised up with Christ and seated us with him 
in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And so if Jesus was raised and is seated at the right hand of the Father, now, and then now this passage tells us that we were raised, that we are seated with Jesus, we are seated crazy as it sounds, at the right hand of, of the Father in a place of authority. We have been given the authority through Jesus. So if, if Jesus is the head and we're the body, what does that mean? Jesus said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. Well, well, Jesus is in heaven right now. He's seated at, at the right hand of the Father. It means that the body, that we actually have a, a responsibility to demonstrate his authority on earth. If all authority on hev in heaven and on earth has been given to him, well, Jesus isn't on earth anymore. We are. We are, all, we are all representatives of Jesus with the Holy Spirit in us, and we have a responsibility to demonstrate his authority. I was reading a, a book by Kenneth Hagin about authority, actually, and, and he has this quote. It says, All the authority that can be ex exercised upon the earth has to be exercised through the church because Christ is not here in person in his physical body. So we, we have that authority, but if we, we've been given the authority, what's it for? Let's look at that by uh, looking at a few different passages. Matthew chapter 10, starting in verse one, and then we'll jump to verses five through eight. So that Jesus, this is when he was on earth with his disciples, he summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority, that's exousia, over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal, to heal every disease and every sickness. Verse 5, these 12 Jesus sent out after instructing them, saying, do not go on a road to, to Gentiles and do not enter a city of Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven has come near, or the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosy, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely give. And Jesus later extends, again, he, he told the 12 disciples at that time to go to the lost sheep of Israel, but he later extended it to all nations in the Great Commission. Let's look at... Um, Luke chapter 10. This is Jesus sending out the 72. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, and I have given you authority, there's authority again, to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. 
So this authority we see in these two passages was to, to break the power of the enemy. That's what the authority is for. And we, we saw, or we read earlier that, that through Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension, you know, power was stripped from all the authorities, all the evil forces of this world. And that authority uh, of Jesus has been given to us to, to, to break the power of the enemy. And, and that means to set the captives free for those who are oppressed uh, of the devil, which we see in these passages, for those who are, are, are sick because of, of demonic influence, all of these things. Any, any area where the enemy's influence is, is there and, and actually changing the situation, the authority we've been given is, for, is to break that. His authority is to break the power of the enemy. And, and it's what's, what's awesome we see in this, this last passage is that, that the, the disciples were overjoyed. They found joy in actually operating in the authority that Jesus had given them. And I think that we can find, find joy when we, when we start to see the, the power of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit triumph over the enemy. There's a joy in that, right? And I want to see more of that joy. And, and it's really neat. Jesus tells them, well, okay, that's, that's awesome, but you know, re- rejoice that your, your name is written uh, in the book. But Jesus, it tells us, actually found joy. He said, you know, Jesus, full of, of the joy of the Holy Spirit, was saying, thank you, Father, that you revealed this <laughs> to the little children. Thank you that you revealed it to the little children. And what was Jesus saying there? Like these disciples, the 72, like I mentioned earlier, weren't even that mature, but they still understood and operated in the authority that Jesus had given them. I think we need to do the same. Again, we've been given authority over any instance where the enemy's influence is causing oppression. In your battles for righteousness, in your relationships, in your marriages, in addiction, in emotional struggles, it's all under the authority of Jesus. And I'll be honest with you, I realize that I'm speaking in the midst of of just recovering from sickness myself and knowing that, as Ted was, was saying, there's, there's many in our body that, that are fighting illness and many that have over the fa- past few weeks and, and many that we know that are fighting illness. And sometimes there's a tension between the truth of the word of God and what we're experiencing or what our circumstances are. In fact, I think there's actually always a tension as we are walking through this, this life. There's always going to be a tension between what we see in the Word of God and, and what we're experiencing until we, you know, we, we get to eternity with Jesus. But what I don't want to do is, is submit to my circumstances. Instead, I'm submitting to the Word of God. I respond, we respond by speaking the truth, by meditating on the truth, and, and believing the truth instead of our circumstances. You know, in Psalm 103, it says that he forgives all of our sins and heals all of, all of our diseases. 
And we definitely haven't seen that yet. But I believe um, <laughs> that it's true. It's true. And we have our, actually on, on Wednesdays when we do our prayer, um, many times regularly our intercessors walk through the sanctuary here and lay their hands on every chair and, and declare Psalm 103 over, over our body. Because we, we haven't seen it yet, yet we want to declare um, the truth of the word of God. And my hope that today, that this message actually becomes a declaration in the spirit that we collectively are a body that walks in authority. The powers of darkness are actually trembling at you getting this, at you actually realizing your authority. But we can't just realize our authority. It can't just be like a, a mental understanding. We actually need to, to get it in our spirit and we need to exercise it. And how do we exercise our authority? A good example that you've probably heard before is, is that of a policeman. And we talked about power and authority. But in terms of a policeman, you can think of authority as the badge, right? And you can think of whatever weapon they have as, as the power. And when, you know, someone, when, when a policeman confronts someone, it's, it's the badge that they carry that carries, you know, the, the weight of, of the police department, the weight of, of the government, the weight of all the consequences um, of, of being a criminal. It's, it's that authority that often causes fear that either causes someone to submit or causes someone to flee. And we need to wield the badge and sometimes the weapon to walk and exercise our authority and our power. But it takes a certain something to actually take out the badge. And that is faith. And I think sometimes the the thing that hinders us from exercising our authority is, is a lack of faith. In Hebrews, it says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Or in Matthew 17 and Luke 17, it talks about the faith as small as a mustard seed that, that can move a mountain. Imagine the authority uh, the power of a, a authority exercised with, with the faith of a mustard seed. So how do we grow in that? We need to grow in our faith. In Romans 4, verses 20 and 21, it's talking about Abraham here. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. To walk in faith, we, we need to radically eliminate unbelief in our lives. And we need to be fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he promised. And for some of us, that means we need to renew our minds our, our patterns of thinking that lead us into unbelief, we need to actually change. We need to repent. That, that's what the word means. We, we, we need to repent of our, our patterns of thinking that lead us into unbelief. And you can do that through, through meditating on, 
memorizing scriptures that are full of his promises, in this case, full of promises of the authority that we've been given. And you also need to let go of any bitterness towards God, bitterness towards others even, that you might be carrying regarding times when you haven't seen promises fulfilled in your life or the lives of those around you. I think that's one way that we can, we can radically eliminate unbelief because when unbelief is gone, all that, that can be left is belief, is faith. And for other, others, we just need to be convinced. We need to be fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he promised. And that means we need to actually step out. We need to demonstrate our faith. We need to pray in boldness declaring his works, declaring his goodness, which we sang about today, instead of prayers that are prayers of unbelief. And so often, I think when we pray, I do it myself, we pray and we give God an out in our prayer. But that's really just a sign of a lack of faith in in our lives. We need to recognize where we have unbelief, where we have a lack of faith, and then we need to ask the Lord to help us with it. So Pastor Chris, if, if you want to come up and pray or play the keys, I want to pray over a few things. We need to get out of our minds and into his spirit. And demonstrate our authority through faith. Thank you, Jesus. If everyone stand up for a moment. I want to pray over our unbelief and that we would be filled with faith. And I want to pray for a greater revelation of our authority in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, you said that without faith, it's impossible to please you. And God, we want so much to please you. We want so much to to bring you joy as we walk in faith. And so, Father, we ask right now, as a body of believers and, and, and as individuals, that you forgive us for unbelief that you forgive us for unbelief. And Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you even illuminate in our hearts, illuminate in our minds areas where we're lacking faith. So just take a moment to let him speak to you.
Father, forgive us for our lack of faith in exercising our authority over the enemy. Forgive us for our lack of faith in, in, in praying for someone and, and, and seeing their condition change. Forgive us for our, our lack of faith in our finances. Forgive us for our lack of faith in our relationships. Forgive us for our lack of faith in, in, in seeing our emotional health changed in our mental health change, forgive us where we lack faith, God. Forgive us. And, and Lord, we ask that you help us with your unbelief. You help us with our unbelief, God. And that you, a spirit of faith, I ask right now that, that the Holy Spirit would actually deposit faith in all of us right now in this room. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I ask for a great deposit of faith in Jesus' name. And not only the, the faith that we, that we exercise, but God, the, the gift of the Spirit, the gift of faith. Father, I, I pray for the gift of faith to fall in this room right now in Jesus' name. I believe that some people will receive that. The gift of faith that goes along with the, the working of miracles and healings. God, I pray for the gift of faith to fall right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for the authority that you've given to Jesus and therefore have given to us. Father, give us a greater revelation of that authority and how it, it, it pervades every, everything that we do and see. That we have authority in our homes, that we have authority in our workplaces, that we have authority in this church, that we have authority in our city, everywhere we go. You've given us authority and help us to, to know it and to, to exercise it. And Lord, help us to grow in authority through our obedience. Let us be obedient to what you're, you're saying. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We hope this message encouraged you today. For more information about Burning Hearts Church and our mission, please head to burningheartsfargo.com. If you are in the Fargo area, we would love for you to join us at one of our Sunday services, either 9 or 1045 a.m. Have a great rest of your week.